don't you gotta say your word what word you know bread ends it's not the word you say are we gone yeah we're gone adultery what is this hey welcome back to the podcast <laughs> it's bread ends hey i'm your host noah and i'm a co-host dylan or other host host number two host or host um how would we do like the thing one thing two where it's like I'm host one and you're, I'm and one you're slice host of bread a. and Noah is another, and in between those slices of bread is Jesus. Is Jesus. So don't look for don't, don't look at us. Just don't look, look at the bread. Us. Look at the the filling. Yeah. Yes. Today we have our first host. Oh, host. Ah, dang it! Ah, shoot! Ah, <laughs> Jesus! No, no, uh, thank you. Crummies. We have a guest. Our first one. It's a close friend of mine, Austin Baker. He goes to the same school, Boys About College. She is, how old are you? Older than you. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm 34. He's an old man. All yeah. right. He has family. He has relations. He has Jesus. And today, um, we're are just... Are we not? What? Are we too young to have Jesus? <laughs> no. What's the point of you saying that? I don't know. Like, I get it. He's but... a Christian. He has Jesus in his heart. It's real. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah. It's evident by the fruit of the spirit that he bears. Yeah. Yeah. People can't see that over the podcast, okay? So I gotta I gotta explain that. Okay. Gosh. Okay. Dylan, what's the scripture today? I don't even care. You don't care. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Noah! <laughs> oh, you care. So, our scripture of the day yes. is Romans 13, 8. Wow, we're not in Matthews anymore. Yeah. What is your reading plan in Romans now, Noah? No, it's in Mark. But Dylan finally did a scripture of the day. He got to it. He got the, the worm. Oh, it's your first time? No. <laughs> this is your first time? On, on the day that you brought your first guest? Not the first hey, time. Hey, I'm no, honored, I man. It's his second time. I just really took over. Anyways, Romans 13, 8 says, Owe no one anything except love for each other. And for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Noah, what's that mean to you? Because that's what scripture is about, what it means for you. Yeah, not what it originally meant. No. No, obviously. It just means straight to application. Oh, I see. So you guys just don't do exegesis at all. You just eisegete and... Gotcha. Yeah. That's what Christianity is, is what can I get out of it? If, I was going to say, if I don't get anything out, ow, what's the point? You both are preaching majors? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, me? Okay. Sorry, I like to... I'm, I'm in the Christian. intercultural studies uh, program. You switched again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go tell... Well, I guess preaching major too. Yeah, we, we both have similar jobs of telling other people about, about the gospel. You know, we have to go overseas to bring the gospel to them because they don't know any better. I we bring this up every single time. <laughs> Sorry, Austin. <laughs> we just gotta make sure we hit every point that we always bring up. Make sure we get that out of the way. This is one of them. Noah. Yes. You need to read the scripture. Again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll I'll read it. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. 
You're welcome. Yes, a lot of what we just said before that was jokes. Just want to preference that. We do exegesis, or we try to, to the best of our abilities. Um, we are daily growing in our skills of how to exegete. Correct? Yeah. You, may, you gave me a weird look. Well, it's because I'm remembering. Like all the times we like... No, just that we forgot to pray beforehand. Oh, no! <laughs> all right, be right back. Hey, guys. Uh, Noah here from the future. Um, as you can probably tell from the episode so far, sound quality is a little bit different than what we usually bring. Just wanted to apologize for that. Uh, with having our first guest, we had to work around some things and, you know, wasn't quite ideal. Uh, we are hoping in the future that we could bring better content while even having a guest in the future. Uh, just bear with us through this episode. Um, there's a lot of great content in here, so uh, I just ask that you would hopefully stick it through. Thanks, guys. We're back! Cool! Hey, welcome back. I, I'm looking forward to a episode where we actually get back to like praying beforehand instead of having to like stop midway through the episode. Yeah, it's okay. It'll be good. It's whatever. We make mistakes. Back to the scripture of the day. I, I really do like it because it captures the, the the aspect of the law, and it, it just recaps and summarizes just like how Jesus did previously in in the gospels we see, and also in when he was leaving. You know, he gave his commandment of, here's a new commandment. Love each other as I have loved you. And so it's just really hitting on that aspect and how it's so important for us to come out with a aspect of love towards mm -hmm. each other. Like, and say so part of the reason I chose this one is because when you texted me and said, hey, can you do scripture of the day this week? You said, greatest commandment, question mark? Yes. Which the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God and like your heart's soul. Might think, you know. Yes. On on, but one like to it is love your neighbors yourself, which uh, Paul in Romans is saying, yeah, love completes the law. It also comes from Romans 13, which we might visit this episode. Ooh. Maybe. Alright. Alright. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. Alright. Alright. Yeah. No, actually, it is a really, really great uh, passage when. Like passage, yeah, scripture, yeah, verse. It's, it is a great verse because when you when you do think about what it is that Paul is presenting to the Romans, it is this concept of how it is that we're how it is that we are engaging each other, especially in t today's world, right? Where it's not so much about how you love each other, but how you respect each other's opinions. Yeah, and in you know, I don't think Jesus ever really said respect each other's opinions because that's how you show love. But it's you love each other to the extent of showing where we're at fault. Yeah. And so there is there's a deep need to respect each other to the point of seeing where we're going astray. So. But yeah, no, that's I like that a lot. Cool. On to our next segment, Dylan. How are you doing? Come, I do. Actually, no, 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 I don't care. I, I do care about you. Let's go to our guest guests first. I'm sorry, it's our first time with <laughs> guests. I'm so overwhelmed. Just letting you guys know, he, they actually have put me in a closet for this whole recording thing. Yeah. So. It's a studio. That's it's our studio. Yeah, that's it's that's. The, it's the best squat. That's what it sure. is. Yeah. Best sound. It's just better sound quality. Yeah, even though the mic's not in there, so it really does nothing. Right. But I guess the it's a thought. Yeah. I. It's the Corona cage. 
Just in case I have corona separation. He does not. Did you get his temperature? Yeah, I did get jumped. I, I went to the lunchroom, got the temperature. It was very unhealthy. Yeah, they, they used the the thermometer for the turkey. Uh, kind of put that in your liver. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> isn't isn't that what coroners do to like see how long the body has been like dead? Is they do it in the liver? I believe, I believe so. Wow. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe fact check that. You probably maybe should. Dylan's on the but yeah, how are you doing, Austin? Well, let's see. Also, you should probably give a little. I really did cut you off on your introduction. Maybe say a little bit about yourself, and then tell tell us how you how are you doing. Say something about myself. Something. Something, something that describes <laughs> you, so that everybody at home hopefully knows something about you. All right. Something. Let's see. Yeah, I'm I'm a Boise Bible College student. Mm. I am in my junior year, though I'm supposed to technically be in my senior year, but honestly, it doesn't even matter anymore since I'm probably going to be here forever. Yeah, I, it's just a black hole right now of like, I'm never getting out of here. I, I was going to say that. That's how it feels like at BBC. It just keeps seeming like it's going to be longer and longer and longer. Right. It's like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Freshman, sophomore year, I was like, I'm so ready to get out of here, get into ministry. It's going to be amazing. Junior year comes around, I'm like, I can wait a little longer. Yeah. I, I don't I don't need to get out there too quick because all I got is heresy wrapped up in me. <laughs> got a lot of stuff to work out first. Oh, yeah, I quoted you like one of the episodes ago about that concept of how, how the longer we're at BBC, the more we understand that. We really do not understand the Bible. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I quoted you. Sorry for not asking permission, but there we go. Hey, you it's know the what? same Austin for folks at home. Oh, cool. There we go. Yeah. Well, there you are. I'm, I'm, my, uh, oh, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm married. been almost 13 years married now. Got two kids, 11-year-old daughter, 7-year-old son. I'm not going to give their names yeah, because, you know, creepers out there. Yep. I'm, well, I'm sure there. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of wholesome people that listen to this. Well, we're all sinners. Right, right, right. If there's people listening, Whoa. I'm joking. I'm joking. Whoa. I actually. Listens, okay? Oh, really? Yeah. H- hello, Dylan's mom. Hello, Dylan's mom. <laughs> and dad. I'm so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, what else? I, you know, I'm a preaching major. So that's pretty cool. Originally was going to come here for intercultural studies, but then good old Dr. Christensen, he's like, hey, do you know how to approach people and actually engage culture? I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been doing my whole life and in the military. He's like, do you know how to exegete scripture and actually communicate truth? I'm like, nope. He's like, you should probably be a preacher. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that's what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm engaging so I actually have a better understanding of the word. Yeah, as I always said, I'm a vet. I uh, did six years service, was medically retired because of PTSD and a TBI. Uh, TBI, just so you know, that traumatic brain injury. That's, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I can really think of right now. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Cool. How are you doing? How am I doing? Yeah, how you been? Oh man, double block of death. 
So that's been that's been rough. Have we explained that? We haven't really explained that, have we? What the double block of death is? Yeah. No, hey, we've just we've kind of touched on what blocks are. So block is a semester-long class crammed into eight weeks. Um, and then a double block is when you're taking two of those. And the double block of death, double block of death is first and second Timothy and Titus and historical theology, which are classes that have bigger workloads than other together. block classes. Yeah. So it's, it's really much two really hard block classes that tend to go around at the same time. Mm. And so it... And they're given, if I'm correct, every, uh, it's like bi-yearly, right? Mm -hmm. Every two so, years. So, yeah, you kind of are usually put in a position where you have to take both classes at once, and they're both heavy loads, so yeah. Yeah. it'll be gone. So, yeah, it's the, known as the double block of death. And so, yeah. Dylan's in the middle of it, right? Yep. I'm, I'm only taking one. I am not, because I'm doing the slow pillion, so I have the luxury of but I'm still struggling. <laughs> yeah. I, I had no choice. I had I really did have to take it this time around. Yeah. So yeah. but it's it's I mean it's both classes are amazing. Yeah. Uh very intellectually heavy. Um <laughs> they're rough. It requires a lot. There's a lot, man. So yeah, just a lot of tiredness and whatnot. Yeah, and I'm this for this semester, I've so up until up until this semester, I was shooting for the A's all the time, right? Being married, having two kids, shooting for A's, that's the dumbest thing you can be doing. But I was shooting for the A's, I was trying to really, honestly was in my own ignorance, or my arrogance, just showing how great I am, instead of really trying to grow deeper. And this semester, I have intentionally decided that I was gonna spend more time with my family and I, whatever time I had left over, I would invest into my schoolwork. So there's a lot of just cramming as much as I can within like four or five hours. So I'm up until like one, two o'clock in the morning, getting, getting to bed, probably sleep, falling asleep by two, thirty, three o'clock, and then I'm up at six in the morning. And that, cause I have to commute yeah. to school. So yeah, man, I'm just, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Well, I mean, Thanksgiving break is coming up pretty soon, so hopefully, it's it's that's always a a uh, checkpoint for a lot of students on campus. We're like, all right, Thanksgiving break is coming. I yeah. get a little bit of break. Right, but we should also honestly be doing our schoolwork during the break. Well, you have to. Oh yeah. That's the that's the sad reality, but we don't. Talk. Does anyone though? Oh, I mean, I tried. We try, but that means we don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might take a sabbatical or, um, you know, preach on Sunday and New Youth group on Wednesday, but those day, other days, you're still a minister. Yeah. People are still going to call you with questions and hard situations and show up at your doorstep. Yeah. yeah. That's when we need to go. Plus Ultra. Oh, goodness. Go beyond. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good to hear. Dylan, how are you doing? Why do you always put yourself? Look at you that selfless. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I had to clarify that you were, you were the one. Pat on the back. So you weren't hitting, hitting me? So I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, audio is such a fun world. I know, it is. It's amazing. Don't go. How am I doing? You know, neither good nor bad. You, I'm, yeah, you've been really busy because you've been working on 
a certain thing, which you might want to say for what are we learning? I don't know. But what you were working on last night? Yeah. 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 Um, yes, I've been busy. Like, this week and last week I've had about a paper every night, plus work and classes and a little bit of social life, you know. And so yeah, it's been busy. We're hitting... So, block classes are eight weeks, right? I never remember. And we did two weeks on Zoom. We are hitting almost... Well, midterms are coming up next week. Yeah. Are they really? Yeah, they're right before break. Oh, man. And so, like, yeah, we're, we're, almost, we're almost halfway through these block classes, but because we did Zoom, it feels like we haven't started them. Yeah. And so, I'm like, I'm really feeling that busyness. Mm. But, you know, it's not... It hasn't been so much that I'm, like, crying yet. And so it's like, I'm in that in-between where I'm busy, but I'm also doing good. Okay. So that's the right side. Okay. It's the medium. Yeah. Cool. I would say happy medium. That's medium. putting, and it says neither good nor bad. Yeah. Sure. I follow. It's just lukewarm. Yeah, I'll spit it out in the mouth. So yeah. first says, get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jesus. No, I talk about your life. So I almost got in a wreck last night. <laughs> and do you still feel anxiety? Uh, no. Heart's still pumping? Not really, but it is, it is a little bit scary. Um, so, to date us, today is Thursday, and normally we don't record today because we have a guest, we are. And so yesterday, I had youth group. And so on my way to youth group, um, I kind of almost got in a wreck. Why? Were you um, distracted driving? I, I was I was in a hurry. I'll say that, and it's really dark because it's it's like, you know, November. Yeah, time, it's November in Idaho, and so it's it's very dark, early, and so I was trying to drive, and I was gonna go into a, make a left turn on at a light, but there was another left turn before that where it's blocked off by some yellow median posts, so I accidentally slipped into there, and it's really dark, and. That was not my spot, and so you know how normally when you come up to a light, you have some distance, so you have enough time to like kind of like let off the gas and don't have to necessarily use the brake quite yet. You can let yourself slow down that way. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that, but because I accidentally went to the left turn before I was ready, I didn't have enough time to really slow down, and so I tried to use my brake. My brake does not work that well. I learned, and so I kind of kind of went over some yellow median posts or bumps. Luckily, nobody was around, so it was safe. Nobody got hurt. My car, I think it's fine. I don't know. But, yeah, it was very scary. I prayed a lot after that happened. Because uh, I was like, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. For, like, <laughs> kept me safe in that moment. For sure. But, yeah, that was scary. And so, that's how I'm doing. Um, that's, like, the big, big moment. Beyond that, I'm just busy. Not busy. How did you go that night? Youth, youth group was pretty wild because the the main youth leader was um, being safe because he he and his wife was feeling sick and just to for safety we're not showing up and we're getting tested just to make sure um, and he had been distant from all the other leaders so we were all fine but he was just doing that to make sure and so someone else was there and so it was a bit more chaotic since the main leader wasn't there. And so that was a bit of a bummer, but 
you know, it's one of those things. You, substitute teacher vibes. Yeah, but you can't you can't ever say that like, I I never want to be in a position to say like, oh, this youth group went bad or this was mm-hmm. unsuccessful because, again, that's putting all the responsibility on myself and that's not as true. We don't know what little could be gleaned from it that someone might have grown. Yeah. So, but yeah, it it was pretty rough, especially since. Uh, a lot of us leaders were just tired and whatnot because a lot of us are from BC and we're students, so we're just tired normally. So, mm. but hey, I'm still glad I went. I'm glad I was able to get there and able to drive back. And yeah. beyond that, I've just been busy with homework and whatnot. But mm. yeah. you know, just I'm gonna just jump right off of that real quick. Yeah. To just give you a reminder of how powerful just those little moments can be. Right, because because yeah. remember, right? We we both our home church, yes. Adrian. Uh, I was just some weirdo, came off the streets, and Adrian Community Church allowed me into their into their church, into their family. As an atheist, mm-hmm. you were a part of that youth group. Yes, I was one of the kiddos. Yeah, you were one of the guys there, and it was it was your influence. And the influence of Evan, and 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 just the love that the whole youth group had for me, that actually ended up leading me to Christ. So, yeah. so, you know what? The smallest thing, man. The smallest yeah, things. We really, we really don't know until the big moment when we see it. And it's like, whoa. Yep. Change. And that was that's man. That's that's over. It's over four years ago now. Yeah, a long time. It's crazy. Yeah, been been great. Yeah. So four four years Christian now. Four years. Yeah. I think I'm technically six. Yeah. Actually, wait. What what day is it today? Because I haven't I haven't shared. It's the twelfth. The twelfth. Okay. So. Yes. Uh. In one week. In one week will be my four year anniversary. Dang. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. Anyways, back on with the conversation. Yeah. No, no, no. Like that's really cool. I mean, I haven't shared my testimony yet. Um, and I saving that for a special talk, special, special episode. But I mean, a little recap is that, yeah, I mean, I kind of grew up as a Christian, but I never committed my life as a Christian until like six years ago. So yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, are we ready? Oh, we got crummies. Yeah, we have crummies. Did we, did we have anything on crummies? Yes. You had the one dude's name. Yeah. That's, that's all I heard. Just to bring Austin in. Um, so, as I told you before, we do a ministry shout-out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this eps- this part of Crummies, yes. to go even before the ministry shout-out, mm-hmm. we are bread-themed. Right. Bread ends. When we say something wrong or something bad or go, ah, that didn't sound great. That's Maybe radical. Maybe we should say it a different way or uh, really clarify that. That's not what we meant, or even change our hearts about what we did mean. We call it our crummies. Right on. Um, the only crummy that we have, if, by the way, if you have some critiques for us, uh, even past ones, past episodes, or past, yes, we don't care how far back. Yeah, tell mm. us how horrible we are. Yes, correct us. Um, we have an Instagram. DM us. It's bread underscore ends. Is it bread underscore ends? Pretty sure. Cool. Hope it is. If not, get rid of that end underscore. And it's also in the description down below. Yeah. Look at us up there. 
But uh, yeah, I was doing a ministry shout out because we had an alumni come into our class and talk about this awesome ministry, um, MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship. Oh yeah, I know them. And uh, I forgot his name as I was shouting out. I was like, alumni came in, can't remember his name. It's Mr. Jacob Edmonds. I had to go find it out and say, I'm crummies that Jacob, I forgot your name. And that was pretty crummy of me. And so our my connection from MAF was Jacob Edmonds. He's the one that came to our class and yeah. spoke to us. That was from our last episode. So we're correct or wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. There we go. So successful. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm very much aware of MAF. I actually know a guy that's also that works with MAF. Great guy. Uh, I actually just replaced him as as the troop ministry liaison for a program that I'm in charge of now, called Trail Life, which is a Christian-based character building awesome. program for boys. I was meant boys. to ask you this before, but I was going to have you. Uh share that for our ministry. Oh, really? So you can save that for Oh, do you want me to share? Well, why didn't right you tell now. me? You save should have told me that. I was going to, and then I forgot. You like totally I, forgot. I forgot to pray. So are you really surprised? I forgot something that <laughs> You also important. have uh, two check marks on your, on your wrists. So. Oh. Okay, well, <laughs> for viewers at home, I explained it last time with my reading process. To be honest, the time before that, it was three check marks, so I'm slowly getting better, which is what happens. You yep. can't expect yep. no. a big change. You know, it takes a little bit here and there. Cool. Well, I just wanted to definitely say then that you guys are definitely the most organized individuals <laughs> that I've worked with, and it's great to actually be working with professionals here. Oh, you know. <laughs> <You're so professional. laughs> oh, yeah. Only the viewers at home could see this. Have you worked with anyone else? In what way? Literally, this is my first time doing a podcast. Oh, so, yeah, so the best you've worked. Yeah, yeah this is the best. best. You guys are the best. He's not lying. So, accurate. yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. We're off to our main topic. Are you ready, Dylan? Yep. Are you ready, Austin? I don't think I have a choice. All right. Well, let's keep going. <laughs> so, patriotism. Um, yeah, this is very much a launching off of two big. Um, two big reasons. The one is this week was Veterans Week. Well, Veterans Day was during this week. <laughs> Veterans Week. And the previous week in the previous pod episode we did was on election and that whole situation. So jumping off that, um, just the theme of patriotism, I feel like was very important, and you know I, I want to share about it. And so yeah, you want to? I, I have some things. I have some notes. So would you mind? Talking. Yeah. Would you mind covering cover for me while I pull them up? Why aren't they pulled up already? They are pulled up. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Noah texted me and I thought it was an awesome. Because, you know, it is a big question. Where does patriotism fit within a Christian life? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but besides like Easter and Christmas, the most attendance we had was a 4th of July Sunday. <laughs> really? At our church. That's I don't know if you guys have noticed that uh, at the Vale Church. I, I haven't been aware of it, so it, it could be the case, but I'm not too sure. Our high, high days. Why, why is that? Why, why is that <laughs> What's that about? How, you know, um, how should a Christian go about being, because we've talked about it before that we are a world church, so how does a Christian go about um, this 
being fortunate enough to be born in the United States and to have religious freedoms, how do we celebrate that and still um, hold that it's a worldwide church and that there are people that aren't as fortunate as us? Where's that line? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I have some quotes. Um, just so that hopefully this could help define some terms. I don't know. Because that's, that's something that can be a bit vague, so we're not too sure. Um, so the first one is is patriotism. So I got this just from the basic uh, dictionary definition, and patriotism is the quality of being patriotic, devotion to, and vigorous support for one's country. And then one, one word that's used a lot of times interchangeably with patriotism, and so some people are like, ah, you shouldn't use this. Because they're not the same words, we need to define them. And so the other one is nationalism. Mm-hmm. Nationalism, the definition for that is identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially to the ex- exclusive exclu- exclusion or uh, detriment of the interests of other nations. Mm. So yeah, those are the two different definitions. Um, I have one other thing, this is a quote from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. And so they quoted a dude called Stefan Nathanson. I'm sorry with my name, I should have practiced for this, but... uh, So this is how he defines patriotism. He says it has to have four different things, different qualities. And so it has has to have special affection for one's own country, a sense of personal identification with the country, special concern for the well-being of the country, and lastly, willingness to sacrifice to promote the country's good. Mm. And so, yeah, that's that's a lot of what I got there. Uh, I just want to start with that. Uh, mm-hmm. These are the definitions. So probably the first part is that, um, going off of that, how, how in line do you see this definition, basically, or how is it used today? Um, like both how it's very accurate and how you know there's some elements that's kind of left out possibly oh man or at least give a little possibly examples mm-hmm. so that's a little bit understanding of like what it means for certain things oh gosh you really are just kind of laying some thick stuff down oh, right yeah, now we're in it. We're dang in man i don't even know where to start on this one um Well, I guess l- let me go ahead and just start off on th- on the basis of nationalism. Yeah. Um, pre pre Christianity, yes. I would have probably said I was a hardcore nationalist, mm-hmm. right? I, I would have I would have totally have made uh, my country my religion. Uh, now, no, I I actually would. I would be willing to say, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to anger some people now just saying this, uh, I'm pulling hard away from nationalism um, because ultimately it is, There's this country does have a lot to offer. There's some great things about our country, but ultimately our devotion is to the kingdom of God first, right? We, we are Christ followers first and our nation is just the place we're living. 
Um, that doesn't mean I don't support our nation. It doesn't mean I don't support the ideals that our nation was founded upon. But I will not say that we need to um, be so devoted to the identity of being American that we forget what it means to be a Christian, right? Yeah. Because, because ultimately, like, to be a nationalist, you're saying, I am willing to allow my brothers and sisters in an, an opposing country to fall apart so that at least I'm taken care of and I'm well, right? It doesn't matter about them because, you know, they're from that country, so they deserve what they're getting. Yeah, would you say it's a lot with the idea of uh, almost a group mentality, uh, especially when you were saying before Christian, so as an atheist. Right. Because um, for me, pre-Christian, it was very much uh, uh, nihilistic. So oh, yeah. I was like, there's, there's nothing of meaning. And so for me, even patriotic, like before Christian, I don't think I would either. I would find no meaning in that. Mm. But like, I, I'm just wondering, would that be a element to that of why you would go into that as part of it is a group mentality of like, we're a group, it's us. Right, it's, the, it's that tribal mentality, right? Um, yeah, because I think as as Americans, I mean, specifically since we just came out of an election, yeah. you know, there's this constant mentality of, well, the country that I envision is not the country that I'm wanting. And so the only way we can save that ideal is if we vote for this individual. And when you get caught up in that mentality that it's us versus them, it's it's my candidate who's going to actually save the future of the country, we then tend to forget that as Christians has nothing to do with human capability, right? Because at the end of the day, be it one candidate or the other who is elected, God can work through that, right? You know, the will of God, I think, is strong enough to work through any level of politics, any level of, of philosophy, in any level of, of leadership, God's will will be done. So, yeah. yeah that, that makes me think of um, in Scripture where we find um, we're always told to rely on God to meet our needs and mm. so our resources and whatnot. It, it never was put on, we never find in Scripture if like you have to have this person who's doing this type of deal to ensure that we have resources and be taken care of. It's always pushed on the other side of like, we always have to rely on God and God's always going to take care of us. God's always going to bless us and mm. make sure we'll you know, stay alive. Right. Right. And that's the thing, right? We're, we're, we have to remember that it is God himself that sustains. It has nothing to do with your political viewpoint. Now, is it good to to engage a, a policies that do support Christian ethics, Christian ideals, and, and, and a lifestyle that truly benefits everyone um, for a better quality of a life? Well, yeah, absolutely. Support people like that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we got to remember that our true authority, our the 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 nation that we we fall under is 
the nation of Christ is the kingdom of God. So nationalism, yeah, that's a hard no for me. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think I've been even come close to considering myself nationalistic. Yeah, from what I kind of see from the difference of nationalism and patriotism, um, like the big, big counter thing is that na- nationalism is very much is we're separate mm-hmm. from them. And so there's, there's a contrast from other nations. Right. That's, that's the big difference from patriotism. But I don't know. We kind of combat nationalism in every episode. <laughs> really? Where that is, every episode I say these words that it's a quote from one of the ministry books that Noah's like, say it again every episode. Because we've been saying every episode. Um, I think it's funny. But it's, it's no white saviors. Mm. Uh, when we are nationalistic, uh, and especially from um, the intercultural studies mind that I'm from, and that's what I'm studying, right. that I'm a big supporter of indigenous churches. Oh, yeah. Um, not that we go over and say, okay. I'm from America. God lives in America. I'm bringing God to you. <laughs> no. And you're yeah. gonna worship like the American church. You're gonna send your rose and you're gonna sing, you know, um, our like songs. Me. And it's gonna be in English and so much instead of letting them worship, the interact with God themselves mm. and come up with this whole beautiful worship themselves. Right. Um, but yeah, no. When we are nationalistic, we view our nation as above others it really can lead into like even ethnocentrism right and just yeah it makes us be like yeah we know what we're doing Mm. that's that's my big thing and we saw a lot in missions history that people come and say we have god you don't i'm bringing god to you instead of partnering with the ways god's working in that culture even before he's been revealed or the gospels even translated in that language Mm -hmm. uh, through the general revelation right to um, partnering with them and setting up indigenous churches. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, it's, man. Yeah. And that, I think, okay, let that, I guess that's going to move on to the next thing that I would have to say about it is the one thing that really bugs me Mm -hmm. when it comes to the church in the United States. Again, I love the church. I really do. I love the country that we're in. I cannot stand the idea that we are equating Americanism with Christianity. When when we say to be an American is to be Christian, and to be Christian is to be an American. That is so backwards. It really is. And yeah, that the whole idea of the indigenous church, I love. Uh, right now, Noah and I, we're going through uh, ministry care and development, right. right? And we had, uh, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting names. Oh no. Uh, Which one was it about? Nielsen, um, church planning. Yeah. Yeah. Eric. Eric Nielsen. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Eric, if you're listening to this. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool if he is, though, right? I know, right? right? Stumble on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I was saying more yikes because I don't remember his organization, what they were called. I said, 
I just know through Matthew's Eagle, they plan to go to church. In yes. Dallas. Yeah, right. They're, yeah, yeah, that's they're, what they're doing. Right? Yeah, uh, Highlands, is it Highlands Church? Which is what he was yeah. talking about. He yeah. was talking about that church plant. Like Highlands Christian Church. Yeah. So, bringing in that concept of, of church planting, like, I'm right now at a point where I'm even questioning the format that we have here in the United States. Like, for, for church planting or church in general? Church in general. Okay. Like, and I don't know, maybe that's the only way it can work in the United States. But honestly, I'm at a point where I'm like, ah, do we need to do church this way? Like, ultimately, what is it that we need for a church to be the church? Would you say that's partially in line with the... Because we mentioned this a little bit on our first episode because of Zoom. Mm-hmm. Zoom going on and churches having to... Not focus with Zoom, but I meant uh, COVID-19. Right. With that going on and having to move to online church and like focusing on like what are the core? What's right. the core to a church? What do we need to still have? Right. Right. And like even before this whole COVID thing happened, like I was still questioning it. Like, because if you think about it, what if, you know, actually we had the, the, a COVID issue. The COVID issue really changed everything because, you know, what if a church financially goes under, right? What happens to the people of that body? Well, we have to assume, well, they're just going to have to go to a different church, right? But now I have to ask, well, why do we need the building, right? Well, people would say, well, that's where people congregate. That's just a location to centralize that body. But like, I don't know, the way I'm looking, like, why don't we have a migrating church, right? Like, why not one day show up in a park, worship, commune, hear the word, engage the community out in the open, like instead of cloistering away behind four walls. You know, why why not why not have church I don't know, uh, in a stadium where multiple denominations are coming together just for the single purpose of worshiping Christ instead of pushing denominational theological positions. And we, I mean, we see some of that, but that's always like a, a special event to Right. And so I think a lot of that can come from cost. And then just, it takes it takes more effort to um, manage that. So like going to a park, it takes a lot more time of making. Right. Where it's like, are, are we being done with regulations? Is everything okay? Right. But I mean, what you're proposing was also making me think of like, I mean, we even sell that with like house churches and whatnot. Right. But like that comes into play of like the size of the church. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe we have to split more down to a smaller size and do multiple small churches. Right. Or figuring something out in that regard. Um, but I mean, I think the big part, as you said, um, the reason why we need a church building is because um, that's how people congregate. We all yeah. come together. But I mean, we even learned in Mr. Care when uh, when Eric came, he even talked about how when church planning, people don't realize they they won't see you as a church until you have a building. Right. And that's when church planting technically stops, and you, you're just a church now. Once, once you get a building, once you have a building, boom, you're technically a church now. And that's when a lot of people won't start giving to the church until they have that building. And so it's like, there's that mindset or a concept. Right. We're just used to 
um, in America of that's what a church is. Yeah, our cultural norm is you, on Sunday, you pull up to the brick and mortar building. There you go. You go in and got your Sunday best. Yeah, and I, so I don't know. So you're holy. That, like, I, I, I respect it. I do. Yeah. But it irks me. It just, because then you're saying, well, because we all, everyone says it, right? That the, the church is people, yes. not a building. But we continue to perpetuate the building. Yeah, do we actually follow what right. we say? Right. Are we actually, are we, are, are we just being hypocrites and, and just holding to a, a pipe dream? I, I think it's very much, it's, since it is very much a culture norm for mm-hmm. us, that what we have to do with a lot of culture norms is it might not necessarily need to be changed, but I do think it's healthy that we question it. That we yeah. take into consideration because those are the easiest things to go past our, our lens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what we've done a lot so far this this podcast is look at different topics of like, hmm, this is usually just something we just do. Let's talk about it. This right. is something I should do. And so I think, yeah, I think that's very fascinating to almost take into account what does it need to be a church? What, what do we yeah. really need? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I love about the college is one of our core values is innovation. Right. We, can, we ask these questions and we really ponder. Mm-hmm. You know, how can the church innovate and change? We're seeing a lot through, like Noah said, COVID-19, but even a lot in the different movements that are starting to do more small group and house churches, you know, right. and that type of stuff. Yeah. Interesting. So, anyways, I, I totally pulled us off topic, oh, didn't that's, I? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so, um, so, you were saying before with nationalism, like that's where you stand with nationalism. Mm-hmm. Now at the post, like, is it any different with patriotism? With patriotism. Yeah, tell me, tell me where you stand with that. G- give me those four key key uh, points of, of yeah. patriotism again. Okay, so it was special affection for one's own country. Okay. A sense of personal identification with the country. Okay. Special concern for the well-being of the country. And then willingness to sacrifice to promote the country's good. Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm a patriot then. Yeah. Honestly. I, <laughs> the last one, the last one is the only one I'm unsure, and that's just because I would like a little bit more definition for it. Mm. But beyond that, everything else, I think, falls in line with um, Daniel. And the ministry of Daniel, or... Uh, even Jeremiah, mm. when, seek, the, when, seek the benefit of the city. When, yeah, yep. when Israelites were being going to be captive to Babylon, they were told to not rebel. Right. They were told to seek out the well-being of the of the nation. Yep. Even though, children. Yeah. Yeah. Still live and whatnot, and so I think that's a lot where we have to live because um, I think that best illustrates our dynamic that we live in, to where. Um, we talk about a lot where we're we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Right. We're we're part of the kingdom of God, the nation of God. Right. And yet we're still, you know, we're also Americans, and so I think that's the dynamic that's kind of at play that we have to deal with. And mm. also, it's just it falls in line with the commandments of loving one another. Right. And doing all that, it, it falls in line with looking out for the well-being of others and for the country. Right. Um, so. Let's go. Let's go into that point, right? Sacrifice. What does that mean, right? Because, because that's kind of where you're struggling with. Yeah. So I mean, everyone, 
naturally always thinks about the sacrifice of a veteran, yes. right? That the, the, the serving the country, going to war, defending our our, our rights as Americans. Um, I will actually not even go in that direction with it, right? I did serve. I did six years. I I used to be ashamed of my service. Uh, now I'm actually quite. I, I do take pride in my service. I, I really do feel I did something of value, and, and so yeah, I am proud of it. But let's let's really unpack that idea of sacrificing for one's country. Um, as Christians, there are things that we are called to sacrifice to be a citizen, right, of the kingdom. So. Here's what I would say. For the benefit of our country, what am I willing to sacrifice for its good? Right? If I am let me let me go ahead and just go ahead and anger the conservative uh, listeners. Right? Let, let me go ahead and put it this way. Um, first and foremost, if I am truly a follower of Christ, that means I am a slave to Christ, which means I have no rights. That means I have no right to truly complain. Okay, I can desire to uphold standards of God and and to pursue holiness, because that's what we're called to be, holy. If tomorrow it gets passed as a law that guns are now illegal, we we are no longer allowed to have weapons to defend ourselves or anything like that. I can guarantee a lot of American Christians, I say it in that order purposefully, a lot of American Christians would go up in arms. They would lose their minds over that, right? And as a veteran and an American and a Christian, I should be doing so as well, right? I say differently on that one. If, if my government tells me I no longer have the right to own a weapon, I say, okay. And I would actually hand in my weapons. And I know a lot of people would, would cringe at that. They would be angry about that. But again, it's what right do I truly have if I am enslaved to God and, and, and to what his son did for us? Okay, because ultimately at the end of the day, what are we called to do? We are called to be witnesses of Christ. And if I go into civil war over weapons, how have I just witnessed Christ? Okay. What am I willing to give up for the betterment of my country? Well, if giving up weapons witnesses Christ, which then turns our nation to Christ, it's worth it. I'm a patriot. Yeah. I read looking over, I think it's, it was number two that I mostly struggled with. Okay. And I'll, I'll talk about that, but going with number four, what we're talking about, I think... The biggest part I need this like definition on is is when it says country is good. Okay. And um, part of it is like how far does that go? And that sounds a lot of like oh how far do I have to do? Minimum. But yeah. really, it's the concept of I I don't want to go so far as to uh, devote like Christianity and be like ah yes. Like the flip side of that is if if. Uh, it was passed, there was a law where we can't read scripture anymore. Right. What would I do? And so I would think, well, I think I would have to juggle around so I can technically, yes, still do scripture, but also do the best I can to follow. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of that takes 
adaptivity right. and not being so fixed. Like, I have to do it this one way. Right. But also, I want to be open to fight for Christianity without, without um, necessarily causing harm while still showing love. Absolutely. And so, as a veteran, right, when, when, when you swear in, you actually have to swear in with an oath. Right, and there's, there's, you're, you're swearing to uphold a certain standard, and one of them is defending the country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. Right, defending the Constitution from enemies, both foreign and domestic. Right, I would say we have, if we want to have the standard of the good of the country, we cannot. We cannot do that in human standards, okay? Because the good for the country is actually what's good for man. And what's good for man is the standard of God. And so if, if we know that what is good for all of humanity is to know Christ, to pursue Christ, and to live a holy life that brings honor and glory to God forever and ever, amen then we have to keep in mind that we are having to defend the good of the country against threats, both foreign and domestic. And so there are threats. There are domestic threats to the good of the country, threats that, that threaten our families, threats that, def that threaten our right to speak Christ. Because there is, there's major censorship happening right now when people just don't agree with you, right? You you present what's known as your opinion, which is God's truth, and people are like, yeah, we don't want to listen to it because it's invalid. And so I, I would have to say the good of the country is what God has established as what's good for humanity. And so, again, uh, holding on to our gun rights isn't for the good of humanity. It allows us to defend ourselves. It, it does, it is a great equalizer. So I love my guns. I love the smell of gunpowder at the range. It's, it, it's energizing. I actually feel so much calmer after a day at the range. But we always have to ask ourselves, where do we show Christ and how do we bring people to Christ? And what are we willing to sacrifice? in order to have Christ known and loved and worshipped by all nations. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, and then the second one, the second one was identification as, let me look at it, make sure. Yeah, a sense of personal identification with the country. Mm. Uh, the biggest one is, as we talked before, I'm a slave to Christ. Right. Like, I am I'm a child of God. I am under that nation. And so, like, in the last episode, I talked about it and how I mentioned that I wouldn't call myself an American. I would call myself a Christian. Mm, right. But I think, I don't know, there's there's a weird dynamic with this because we even see in Scripture Paul using his idea of being a Roman also oh, yeah. to do stuff. And so it's like, where is it lines? And I don't know. That's just one area that I struggle the most is identifying who I am. And so right. I lean towards the side of being a Christian. And right. I mentioned before, it had to do a lot with, before I was a Christian, I was very controlling of my life. Mm. So like, I have to have control and this is what I am. And so 
leaning on my identity as a Christian and dictating to that, like, that's what I believe, that's what is, that's who I am, really. Right. And so that's a lot where I lean on. And so that's probably the biggest area I struggle with. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, yes, I'm, I'm American. Yes. Right. Because oh, I, I live here and I do stuff and I follow the rules here. And mm-hmm. I'm a citizen here. That's, that's right. correct. Exactly. Speaking a lot to that, um, even today overseas as as a missionary, as a cross-culture worker, being from the United States is a kind of a lot like you have similar privileges to what Paul did by bringing up his Roman citizenship. And mm. that can get... I think what you're saying is that can get very toxic. <laughs> if you know, it goes into that uh, nationalism yeah, and bringing the gospel to you. It depends if we emph- emphasizes it. I suggest yeah. people use it like Paul did. Yes, absolutely. Paul did almost everything before saying, I'm a citizen of Rome. So much that sometimes they didn't even believe him. Right. <laughs> like, he didn't act like a Roman citizen. He was <laughs> a Christian, you know. Right. He uh, acted different than other Romans, and people saw that so much that they didn't even recognize him as a Roman. Right. And so when you're going forward towards that, it's like, there is that. I see that battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he never was truly afraid of calling himself a Roman either. Like, it never was like, ah, fear right. doing it. Like, no, he just did it. Yep. But he also knew where he lied as a Christian. Right. Foremost, and how he was. Right, and, and Paul, Paul was a man between worlds, honestly. He, not only was he a Roman, he was, he, was a, he was a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and he was a Jew, right? This was a man between worlds, and he, he took pride. He did, he really did take pride in all those aspects of who he was because he saw the benefit of, of how he can reach people, right? Exactly. So it was all directed not for himself, but it was totally directed on how how God can use it for his worship, for his ministry. So who is the philosopher that these are from? It is from uh, Stephen Nathanson. Do you know his background? No, I do not, by the way. Sorry. So he's brought up four areas that might just read them. Yes. I don't know if he comes from a Christian worldview. I do not. I I do not. Fact. Yeah, being able to take those four points and say, yeah, this is how a Christian patriots should act, mm. I think is important. I think it's important to say that we don't know his worldview, but um, yeah, on that uh, personal identification with his country, but yeah, what is, there are benefits that God's given us by places we are put in. Um, and I think that not using that be like Paul and, you know, make sure the thing is almost a waste. And so finding yeah. yourself, finding your identity in that. But also, as uh, a citizen of heaven, mm. this isn't a kingdom of God, and using that to bring forward the kingdom is important. Right. So I have, a, I have another point. This is shifting a little bit. It's similar, but shifting. Okay. And so you do not have to answer this at all. This is going to be pretty vulnerable and so you don't have to answer it at all but i i'm more wondering you talked a little bit about the dynamic of being a veteran and as a christian and your identi- identity okay. and how, how that's changed a little bit um where there's more shame and now there's a little bit more pride in it and how that dynamic has shifted and i want to hear a little bit about 
um, how it may have affected your family. And so how does that play a role of being Christian and how you being a veteran, how has that kind of impact your family? And of course, you know, you do not have to say anything, just say whatever concept that may be important for any Christian to understand. Because Veterans Day is very much a day where we take time and, you know, we give thanks for those who have given service, who have given sacrifice. Right. And so it, I think it's important to also give that time to learn more about part of that dynamic and what, it's, what, what it can do. Because a lot of times we just give thanks for the service and then we leave it at that and then we move on with our lives. Right. So. Oh, man. So how has being a veteran impacted my family? Especially since when, when did you, you, your time as a veteran, you weren't, you weren't a Christian. You know? Right. And so that's very much different too of how you lived your life. Right. So I'll, I'll give a quick recap of just kind of where, what happened with that. Um, so I, by the by the time I was about eight months married to my wife, I signed the dotted line, went into basic training. My wife was two months pregnant at the time, went through basic training, went through AIT, uh, advanced, that's the advanced training. That's kind of what, that, that's my job. Uh, so I learned how to be a soldier and then I learned how to do my job which was communications. I, I did uh, radios and satellites. Um, got back with my wife after that training. A week after we got to my posting, which is in Fort Hood, Texas, uh, my daughter was born. Three, four months after my daughter's birth, I was in Afghanistan. Okay? So it was just boom, boom, boom. Um, now, to... To kind of give you an idea, I was proclaiming myself Christian. I had no clue what Christianity was all about, right? Um, but I was claiming myself to be Christian. While in Afghanistan, that's where I lost my faith. The horrors of war made just, I, I could not believe that there was such thing as a good God with the horrors of war. And so I became full-blown atheist right there. I mean, I, 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 I put up the big middle finger to God and said, yep, forget you. And that's what my wife had to deal with when I came home. Not only did I have the issues of PTSD, right? And, and the traumas of war and coming home to a one-year-old daughter, um... I was also godless. And so how did that affect my family? It was devastating to my family. It was it was a living nightmare for my family. Um, best way my wife could have put it was she was hunkered down in a in a bunker for eight years. I did six years of service, so for eight years she was in the fetal position gripping onto God, um, just praying that the barrage would end. It was, it was all kinds of bad. And with, with, when you're in the, when you're in the military, a lot of people, you know, I, I really do appreciate how people love and respect soldiers. It, it, it does mean a lot to us, but what they don't see is the, is the, is the dirty side of it all. 
Um, there's, a, there's a lot that we're sacrificing, a lot that our families are sacrificing for because we're not home. Our, our, we're 24-7 a soldier. If we get called into work, we get called into work, and that's just tough. You know, your, your life is the military. Your life is the government. You, you are a piece of property. Be so because of that, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of substance abuse. Um, I, I can't remember a night while I was in the army that I wasn't drunk. You know, you know you're just self-medicating with, with booze. I can't remember a time where I wasn't angry. And they kind of encourage that in the military to, to kind of utilize anger as, as a motivator to, to keep yourself going. So you're on this constant high of rage, which means I was constantly in this, this hyper-awareness state where I was, it was just adrenaline-infused. So if you're on adrenaline every moment of your life, it's just bad all around and there's an there's an unhealthy there, there is an unhealthy culture within the military where you have to be hardcore you have to be tough you got to be a man you know nothing bugs you you just got to stick it out and and you can't show weakness um and that is, I think, probably one of some of the most destructive things that happen in the military. And my heart goes out to all my brothers and sisters that are that are in, that are in arms right now, because, yeah, you can't you can't show weakness. And um, part of it is because you'll be you'll be heckled for it, but also you can't show weakness because your brothers to the left and right of you. They need you to be on point. Like, if you are not having a good day, you you're a threat to the well-being of your brothers. Because you compromise. Yeah, you're completely compromised. So you just have to be constantly on. When you're fully invested into that, there's nothing left to give to the family. Um. So, so yeah, it wasn't healthy at all. It wasn't good for my family. Um, I thank God that my wife is as much of a beast as she is, that she stuck it out the way she did. I mean, if it was any other woman, I'd probably be divorced three times over by now. But my wife, my, my, my first wife, the, the first woman I was ever with, she stuck it out because she truly believed in the oath that we made to each other, the covenant that we made to it each other to death to us part um so i thank god that i had the woman that i had as a christian now i'll honestly say it was rough for my family because here you have this monster of a husband and a monster of a father and then all of a sudden christ comes in changes everything um you know as i said four years ago in seven days will be for my four-year anniversary okay 2016, November 19th, 2016, came a Christian in August of, of uh, 2017. I was here at BBC. Freshman year, BBC. Less than a year, I was pursuing ministry, right? Talk about spiritual whiplash for my family. 
Yeah. Right. You you have a you have a dad who's godless, and all of a sudden he's godly, and it's out of left field. No one's ready for it, and so I'm I'm stomping on the gas, and it's just go. Um, so that was hard. You know, I'm I'm basically four years into BBC now, three three and a half four years into BBC now, and it's taken that long to really start getting everything balanced out, to really understand what it means to be a dad, to be a husband. It's taken 13 years for me to finally be a husband. So yeah, it's been a trip. It's been hard. But it's, I think it's been really great too. And would you say any side of that, of like the identity of a veteran? I mean, now being technically a, a civilian. Right. You know, how does, I'm still fed. <laughs> I'm still a fed. <laughs> but yeah, that, that idea of being a veteran, how does that, that identity of that, does that, make any difference within the home or even compared to others so so as i said right i i was ashamed i there was a time where i was ashamed of being a vet and that honestly has to do with the actions that i took in war there's actually let me go ahead and just give give the listeners a piece of advice when it comes to dealing with with, with veterans um typical questions that get asked a veteran right what branch did you serve in how long did you serve? And then, did you deploy? And then, un- without thinking, they ask, did you kill? Um, two of four of those questions are hard questions for a vet. They have no issue telling you what they did in the military. They have no issue telling you what branch they served. They have no t- issue telling you how long they served. All right. They'll, they'll even, if you're willing to listen, they'll tell you all the units that they were that they were a part of they'll tell you where they they were uh, stationed because there's a lot of pride in that there's there's a lot of great experiences in that but if you ask a vet if they've deployed well if they never deployed they're ashamed because they didn't right because they didn't truly serve their country right Right, so the, the deployment question is a really hard question. If a vet deployed, they'll tell you that they deployed. Yeah, because it has that pride attached to it. Right, exactly. I mean, even in the military, we, we, uh, there's, a, there's a term for guys that haven't deployed yet. They're called slick sleeves, right? Because they have not earned their deployment patch yet. And so even the guys that have deployed, they will just grind that into their face. Like, oh, you slick sleeve, man, you slick sleeve. You don't get it yet. You don't understand yet. And so, yeah, it's a huge area of shame. But then that another question, did you ever kill? And I get it. I understand. Um, We live in a culture that it's termed a conflict, right? We're in conflict. No, we're not in conflict. We're in war, right? It's very clear that we're in war. It was originally stated that we are at war against terrorism. All right, that was the original statement. Okay, that means we're at war against an ideology. And if you're at war against an ideology, that means that war will never end. Because you can't kill an de- ide- ideology. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're at war. 
And I don't agree with a lot of the things that we're at war for. So yeah, in that mentality, we're, we're a war nation right now. And so that idea that life is being taken, it's a curiosity. Um, we as Americans do have a sick sense of curiosity for death. Because we're so into preserving life for as long as possible. But here's the issue. Um, you're going to meet three different types of people when it comes to taking life. Um, they took life. They don't have an issue talking about it because it's just a part of war. They did take life. Or, sorry, let me say it. They did take life and they brag about it, right? They they take joy in the fact that they took a life. It, it's a sick situation. Um, I know I've known quite a bit, few guys that are like that. And it's unfortunate. Um, so that's one type of person. The other type of person is one who's taken life and it haunts them for the rest of their life. And when you ask about that, they are reliving every single situation that they were involved in that. And then the third type of person is one that never took life and it's an area of shame because they did not truly engage warfare, right? They were just what's called a fobbit, right? Uh, somebody that was stuck on a base, never saw action, and they were nice and cozy in their nice little room. And there's no real difference between uh, being stateside and being deployed. Because really all it was is that the food was just crummier, the living conditions were crummier, but you still had your computer, you still had an Xbox, and you still went to work. That's it. Right? So those are the three type of people you're going to run into. And so I'm, I'm the second person. Yes, I have been involved in the taking of, of human life. And that haunts me. It bugs me. And that was probably the deepest reason why I was so ashamed of my service. Because I was involved in that. Um, now, I take pride in my service. Not because of what I did, but because I did serve. And I also have to look to scripture. Um, when you see, specific with Luke, right? Every time Luke talked about a soldier, it was with respect, it was with love, and it was with honor. Because he saw centurions as deeply honorable men who are serving their nation, right? They're serving their empire in a capacity of defending it, right? And growing it and making it stronger. But at the same time, we see many times where these soldiers who are trained to be brutal, they're, they're trained to be killers and butchers. They still respected Jesus. They respected his ideologies. And they're shown to be very honorable men, even though they have a job that is honestly disgusting. And so, yeah, I used to be ashamed, but now I look at it as, no, I, 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 I honor Jesus. I did some horrible things, but 
God, God loves the soldier. He really does. You can see that in Old Testament. You can see that in the New Testament. He, he loves the sh- soldier and he understands the, the, the hardship of, of being in that position. So. Well, thanks for sharing that. that was, yeah. I think that's really awesome. Very, very great. Really glad that you shared that. Uh, we're almost out of time, but it's time for our next segment. What are we learning? Oh man. Dylan, you wanna you wanna you wanna start off? I can, yeah. You've been the quietest here. <laughs> hey. It's okay. It happens, you know? Yeah. Not everybody yeah, has this happens. Don't it's don't okay, use those buddy. Words. <laughs> we just don't have to be ashamed. What am I learning? Well, Noah, uh, kind of didn't throw me under the bus, but uh, basically was saying, hey, this is what you are talking about earlier. And I was on uh, one of the things I'm working on. I think I know you. Yes. I'll clutch you. I was going to keep it secret. Too bad. But, you know, you're, you're throwing it out there. Well, what does it do? It just comes out. Um, Sorry, you weren't playing on the series. Yeah, right? no, I wanted to be a surprise, but it's okay. I don't know who listens to this and then just have a, a heads up on it. Uh, last year, I submitted a video to the Next Gen Preacher Research. I did nice. not get selected. Oh, man. Um, three other students from our school did. Uh, they wouldn't have blast, but this year, I got an email which uh, from the organization that said, Hey, I reviewed your uh, video from last year, and I really want you to submit one this year. And so I did you know, some talk with Jesus on it. And basically the answer I got from Jesus is, bro, I'd be happy if you did it. I'd be happy if you didn't do it. You know, you do you. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, your type, type thing. Not, that's right. not exactly what I said. But um, <laughs> Jesus is like, it's in my will. I'd mm. be happy if you want to pursue this. I'd be happy if you... I'll, I'll use this experience either way. Fair. Um... And so, you know, I started writing a sermon. Uh, it's a five-minute devo that you have to do and then film and send in. And so I'm doing it. I was finding texts uh, this week and doing some preliminary exegesis because it hits so late uh, in what the contest is for submitting. This has to be done by Sunday. Oh, dang. So I've been really working on it, and that's what Noah was referring to. Yes. I was doing last night. But, um... Kind of jumping off of a Facebook Devo I saw, but uh, a little bit more than that, on uh, John chapter 13, when Jesus is uh, washing his head his feet, mm. and he washes G- Judas's feet, and what it means for the Savior that knows what's about to happen with Judas's betrayal, and knows what he's about to do. Uh, to both wash the feet of Judas and eat with him. Mm-hmm. What that means. And so I'm doing some exegesis on that. Um, got out my inner linear last night. It was more Yeah. Nice. Something I'm exploring. That's interesting. Yeah, what I've been learning, unless you want to go. Man, I've talked so much. <laughs> so, yeah, um, in Triple T, uh, Timothy. Second Timothy and Titus, that class, uh, 
we have a paper that's far away, but we do a little bit of segments like working on it to mm -hmm. prepare it. So, uh, like, uh, I started doing some work studies on my topic. My topic's on uh, women's roles in, in the church. And so talking about that. Yeah. So, you know, every topic, but I it think is. it's important. And it's one I've always discussed so many times. Like, in high school, in high school, uh, senior year, there's a thing called senior project and since I put down that for my job application that I was going to go into was a pastoral role mm. um, I got to do biblical stuff and so I did a study on women because mm -hmm. for some reason I thought it was going to be fun to do a hard topic again I'm doing the same thing so <laughs> yeah it's great and so it's always interesting to be relearning this type of topic since it's such a big topic and um, seeing how much I've grown myself with the different skills so that I can understand this topic better. Right. Understand what the Bible does say and what it doesn't say. And understanding how much we say in the matter. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing I've been learning about. Um, I'm looking forward because in the future, for viewers at home, listeners, I should say, um, we are going to be discussing this topic in the future once i gotten more comfortable with this topic. But yeah, no, that's where I've been at and what I've been learning is a lot of that topic. Dang. What are you yeah. learning, Austin? Oh man, what have I been, what have I been learning? Yeah, I know, it's always a trip. Like, I know I have, but I'm just so yeah. overwhelmed. It just feels, it, honestly, it feels like I'm forgetting more than I'm actually learning. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Right? Uh, it's probably it's probably the old age. Let's just blame it on old age. It's not, but sure. Uh, sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> Too many blows to the head. That's what it is. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'll just blame the TBI. Yeah, it's a bad knee. Yeah, bad knee. Dude, I do have a bad knee. I I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna get into. I'm not. No, I'm not gonna get into it. Yeah, no, that's fine. Short, just, just a, just a teaser. If I, if I ever, if you even allow me back on, if you do, if you do just, you. just a teaser. I wrecked on my electric unicycle. My knee's been killing me ever since. Anyways. Is it that bad? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. That, that's the first one of two. <laughs> yeah, there's the knee, and then there's the shoulder. It's pretty outstanding. Anyways, anyways. So, for later later episode um what have i been learning you know nothing specifically to school i mean we're learning so much in school yeah it doesn't have to be something from school i am i am learning how to listen to my kids and my wife that's that's something i've been learning to listen i um, just a couple nights. So I've been, I just started a thing where I'm, I'm praying with my children and praying with my wife and I'm, I'm, I'm praying and I'm trying, I'm trying to be consistent in my personal prayer and personal Bible reading. Um, but I pray with my wife, pray with my kids. And there was this one night where my son, um, he's very quiet. He's a really quiet kid, but he's super loud when it comes to his sister, right? Cause they yell at each other. But you know, because that's what siblings do. But he's really quiet with me. And I, I asked him one night, you know, why are you so quiet with me? And he admitted that he's actually afraid of me. He's scared of me. Um, because of how mean and, and aggressive I used to be. And I, I can still, I can still snap. I still get agitated. Anger comes in. But he, he, he admitted that he's afraid of me. Um, he's afraid to voice his opinion, his, his positions. And so I... 
realize how big of a failure as a father I had been in that arena. Taking the time to actually hear him, to listen to him, and to hear what he has to say, and to allow him to have a voice when um, he questions me. Really important. So, that's, you know, you're always learning something as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean... I know it doesn't sound like it because of this podcast, but I really am truly like a, a quiet person, or at least I used to. Like I've grown, but I would say root of that is was a lot in that area of not being here and being afraid of opposition. And yeah, no, it's it it's stuff like that that really does hand shape a person. Mm-hmm. And so I very much did turn into a very quiet person who just didn't voice anything. Right. The fear of opposition, and not in a little way, like in a, a big way of opposition. And so, yeah, no, that's very interesting. I think, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, listening, listening is a harder concept than, than we know. Yep. I don't know. That's that's a lot of what we got. <laughs> Finish off though. Minister shout out. Austin, <laughs> time for you to go this time. Right, the, the thing that I totally messed up, right? The thing that Ju- you're, you should have been prepared for. I should have been prepared. You should have told me to be prepared. Really Man, dropping the ball yet again. Hey, Grace, for this first. Right. First time having you guys, okay? Yeah. No, no, totally, totally. Aren't we Christians? We are, totally. And you, again, these guys are extremely professional. <laughs> Just great experience all around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, ministry shout out, I guess. Uh, uh, Trail Life Trail Life USA it's a boys program that is primarily led by men focused on raising young men up to be godly men that's ultimately what it's about so a lot of people would say it's it's a Christ centered boy scouts but I don't yeah it's I, I can't I honestly can't describe it as that Yes, we do merit badges. Uh, yes, we do camping. But it's more than that. It is utilizing these skills, th- these abilities that these young men gain, and it gives them the confidence to know of their capability so that they can be effective within the body of Christ. And that's because it's about raising up leaders and men who know how to stand on their own two feet and can and can pursue Christ with confidence, so they don't have to back down to the lies that cult, that culture tells us today. So, yeah, Trail Life USA. Uh, I'm I'm the troop ministry liaison. That's a fancy term of I'm the guy that makes sure that the troop and the church are are talking. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. Awesome. Yeah, no. That, your description. That mystery will be down in the description. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, cool. So, yeah. Check that out. Check that out. Look at it. Give it Support a, it. Give it a look. Give it a, look. Give it a prayer. Oh, please. We need lots of prayer. Yeah. We're, we, we actually had to start from the ground up rebuilding our troop yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah, COVID did a number on us. So, yeah. we, we actually have to rebuild the troop. Uh, great. We have an amazing leadership the team this year. I'm, I'm really excited about our group. 
But if there's anyone in the area that's that, uh, if there is anyone that that lives in the Treasure Valley area that are interested in the program, we are we're, we're Troop Twelve uh, Ten. Uh, we're the Nampa Troop. We only have two troops in the in the area right now. There's Boise Troop. There's the Nampa Troop. We're we're the Nampa Troop. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And and that is gonna do us for this episode. I think. I think so. Yeah. You're not saying anything, Dylan. You're just looking at me. I'm worried. God made you special. No! Stop stealing from VeggieTales! <laughs> no! I didn't want VeggieTales. I don't get it. Oh. Like, why is, why is Bob Bob a tomato? What's that about? Is it your fruit? What's that about? Yeah, he floats. Bob. He bobs in water. I'm out. <laughs> Bye, guys. Jesus loves you. God bless.